Daddy Squared. Gay Dad Saved the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. So I have this theory on. It's yes, it's driven primarily through anecdotal evidence, and I have not done an extensive research on this, but here it is. Gays prefer iPhones to Android. Why do you think is that? I don't know. Uh, all I know is that for those of you who have an iPhone, when you go to type a text message to somebody, um, if they have an iPhone, it is likely that the arrow that indicates that you'll be sending the message is blue. Whereas if the message is going to somebody who does not have an iPhone, the arrow is green. Right? Sounds like Rubik's Cube. And what I'm saying is the gays always seem to have the blue bubble. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Gays like the iPhone. Okay, um, there's a spider here. There's a call. spider? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what we would really like is for our listeners to email us at hello at daddysqr.com and opine on the subject of iPhones versus Android because God knows that's what's important during this global yeah. pandemic. God knows we have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Daddy Squared, Gay Dad Save the World, day nine. I think it's important for us to always remind everybody that when we say Gay Dad Save the World, we are not talking about ourselves. Uh, we're talking about the wonderful people that we're interviewing. Um, the COVID gaze is something that I have started to see and that I find kind of warming and comforting. And it is that, you know, as you walk around the street or you go to the supermarket or whatever it is that you have to do, uh, you're now wearing most, most people, uh, in the big cities are wearing a mask and gloves and, you know, whatever else. And so there's not much of you exposed, uh, to each other, but I've noticed that as I pass people on the street and we look at each other, there's, um, there's a kind of a smile. There's a kind of a, Um, you can't know, but you it's mice. Um, you just sort of look at each other and there's a kind of a nod that says, I know how ridiculous this is. I know how absurd it is. That all, I, we're all in this together. And we're all in this together. And also, I'm moving away from you right now because I'm not allowed to get close to you. But I promise it's not because I'm afraid of you or it's not because I don't like you. And there's something very warming to, about it. I, you know, and it's funny because you, uh, my husband and I were talking about this the other night. And he was talking about how he sort of took it to feel it depends sometimes you see the gaze where there's it's not good gaze it's uh like get away it's disgust you, or fear yes yeah but i have an experience i, I have the gaze to people who are not wearing the mask um <laughs> totally well yeah well yeah that's true you mean because they're not wearing yeah, the mask a and they should be so it's uh it's a judgment versus um no doubt But I'm just saying I feel like um, in this bizarre way, the people that I see on the street or in the supermarket that I can't get physically close to, I am co connecting with um, uh, in a way that I never used to. Okay, let's take this theory and now I'm going to join forces with all of the people who are gazing in a good way okay. to each other. Okay, okay. Um, and I'm going to try that too. And hopefully enough of us, we're going to do it in the world so the world will become a better place. I certainly hope so. It's a start. Yeah. All right. Um, today we're calling Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Uh -huh. uh, we're going to speak to Drew Cronin. He's a primary care pediatrician. 
he's going to tell us a little bit about his life and it, work. Yeah, it was hard not to ask him any advice about our kids while we had him on the phone, but uh, we, yeah. we somehow managed. We to managed to exploit him a little bit. Let's do the interview. Hi, Drew. Hello. Hi. Oh, good. You can hear me. Yes. Uh, we can hear you. Um, Let's start. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work and how has it changed since the pandemic? So I am a general pediatrician, um, and I also have a large transgender medicine practice as well. Um, and it has radically changed. Um, as a pediatrician, most of my day is normally spent taking care of well kids, And since we want to keep kids well, we're keeping them away from the office. Um, so it means that we've really dropped a huge part of what we do and instead are doing um, critical visits by video or telephone and then visits where we have to have an exam and it's critical we bring into the office. And, and so, so it's a huge change. Uh, yeah, it sounds that way. I, I mean, I assume that there's quite a bit that you can get done via video. Uh, what is the ultimate impact, though, uh, in terms of, you know, what, what, do you, what do these patients have to delay that they would otherwise be able to do with you? Um, for, some, for a lot of kids, it's those wellness checks. It's where we bring someone in to make sure they're developing correctly, Um, if they're in school, that school is going well, um, talking about their diet and exercise. Uh, so it's, it's those things that, and the, the focus of pediatrics is always helping people be, reach their potential, be the best they can be. Um, it's not like adult medicine where you're just trying to cure all their illnesses and treat their problems. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of it's just putting off this routine checking to make sure we're still progressing the way we should be because okay. um, we're still seeing the kids with coughs and colds to make oh. sure you know their their oxygen isn't falling apart they don't need to be at the hospital right. and that's what really what primary care pediatrics is doing right now is we're keeping kids out of the emergency room so people in emergency rooms can take care of the people who are really really sick right right Right. And so tell us, uh, can you give us a little bit of a family, uh, your, your family situation, what you got? So there's me, um, and my husband, Richard, um, who is also an essential employee. He, um, is in charge of people and culture at a food bank, oh, wow. um, wow. where their, their needs there have gone up two to three times over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, so huge number of people who need food. And then we have a 16-year-old, um, oh. and he is a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, how, is, how is it going for him at school? Does he, does he keep <laughs> his business as usual, but from home? Um, it, it's been a big adjustment. Um, for a lot of kids, he um, has dyslexia and ADHD and... For a lot of kids with those sorts of needs, the structure of school is really important. And so the being there, having a teacher tell you what to do at set times, helping them to break down what your homework is. Um, and so it's been a real adjustment for all of us um, to help him out with that. 
And we're actually tending to focus more on the things he really enjoys learning about. Uh, so he's involved with an internship doing monitoring of different species in the area, and we're tying that into his biology class. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes theater, so we're watching more plays and musicals and applying the principles that his teacher at school has for theater um, and letting some things go by the wayside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think we all have some experience with letting things go by the wayside during this time. Do you guys want to kill yeah. each other yet? <laughs> um, not most days and most times. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, so wait a second. So did you have him since birth? No, um, I actually adopted uh, my son from Russia um, mm-hmm. when he was two and a half. Okay. Um, did it by myself mm-hmm. um, because, uh, well, because I was single at the time. Yeah. Um, but also because in Russia, um, we wanted to go back and do it again. But um, in Russia, you it, the U.S. cut off our relations for adoption there. Right. But also, you can't adopt if there's another person of the same sex yes. living in the house. Right. But you could adopt because the, you were single, as a single dad. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. You can, adop- you can adopt as a single man, but if yeah. you're a man with a support system, you weren't allowed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that makes lots and lots of sense. For Russia. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So crazy. tell me, so a question. I have a question. I have, uh, we have uh, two four-year-olds, oh. and, and it's really the toddler time. The to- since they started talking and they basically haven't stopped demanding stuff from us, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is like uh, the most difficult time uh, of, of a kid's <laughs> life. But from what I hear, teenagers are much more difficult. What, in your uh, experience, what is more difficult? I should probably just lie to you and say, yes, this is the worst it is. It's going to get better every day from now on. <laughs> Don't um, lie. You are actually, you're emerging from um, a ver- that very difficult toddler time. From about four until they're tweens, um, there's a lot of good stuff that happens in there. They still believe you. Um, they still, <laughs> they want to please you. Um, they are learning new stuff constantly, and it's really exciting. Um, and a teenager is basically the same as a two or three-year-old. Um, <laughs> And interestingly, I mean, we're in the sandwich generation, so we're taking care of my husband's father as well, uh, um, is in a memory care center near here. Mm-hmm. And the needs of someone at that age are very similar to a teenager or a toddler. It's very focused on them, um, yeah. and <laughs> it can be very challenging. I have to say, though, teenagers, there is also a certain rewarding bit to it that um, when they are, when they are, when they like you, they are fun to hang out with mm. and they are hysterically funny. And my son is very smart. And, um, and so during those times it is great. Right. Yeah. So, so tell us, you know, uh, during this time, uh, can you identify some things that you consider to be silver linings of this you know, horrible global pandemic, the things that have changed uh, or experiences that you're having that are special? Yeah, I would say um, there are definitely more times for interaction um, 
with my son than we would normally have. Um, and so it's, it's those, it's those times that you don't plan where, you know, I'm sitting there cooking something and he comes over to say hi because he's gotten tired of whatever's going on in the house and we can talk for a little while. Yeah. Um, it's those kind of stolen moments. Um, and for my husband and I, there's definitely the feeling of we're on a team, we're working together, um, that that really comes into focus in moments like this, that there is no one I would rather be in a pandemic with than him because I 100% can trust him. Oh God, you're making my husband and I hold hands right now while you just <laughs> said that. How dare you? <laughs> so... <laughs> So what what is the last time you laughed? Um, there was a dad joke. Oh, there was a dad joke I saw online that made me laugh. <laughs> um, which hopefully you haven't already mentioned this or or heard it. Wow. Um, is do you know what the difference is um, between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? No. Well, Dubai they don't like the Flintstones, but. The people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> oh, my. oh my God, that is a capital crime. Uh, yes. <laughs> that's very good. Well, you know, I, I know your four year olds will probably like that. My 16 year old will roll his eyes and then laugh under his breath. Yeah, of course he's laughing. Oh my God, that's really funny. The people of Abu Dhabi probably wouldn't get it. Actually, they might because a lot of the old uh, cartoons get out there. That's really good. Yes. That's good stuff. Thank you. And and listen, one one last question that we think is really very, very important. Very. And that is very important, which is we would like you to share with us the the food that you have eaten over the last week that you are the most ashamed of. Um, well, I had seen a meme that was describing different types of moms. And one of them was one who claimed to be eating healthy but was stopping at Dairy Queen on the way home every day. <laughs> and... I am that parent. I am at I have stopped at Dairy Queen so often, and the snickerdoodle blizzard that I rolled oh my, my eyes at a month ago is now on my top ten list. Oh my, it's, am it's amazing. I mean, it's like three thousand calories in a cup, and it's amazing. Doesn't it yes. come? It comes with a defibrillator, doesn't it? Pretty sure. The, the saddest part is I know which Dairy Queen's in town. It's larger and which one's it's smaller <laughs> and where I can get the best for my money. <laughs> That's excellent. This is the most inf important and informative information that you've provided. Uh, listen, oh. we cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story with us. And of course, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing during, during this pandemic and miserable situation. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I, I, I got to tell you, I love my job. I'm very lucky to have it. Um, and I admire the people who are out there on the front lines um, in emergency rooms and ICUs doing even more. You said uh, they're it. walking into the fire every day. You said right. it. Thank you so much. You, Take Drew. care. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day.